Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Maxi has the night off. Steve Thompson sitting in. Twins, it's swept by the Brewers today. A little Viking talk later on, but back to the home nine. 16 walks over the two-game series. That is not going to get it done. Uh, the, the Twins dropped two in a row. Chicago gets beat today. Cleveland in action tonight at Boston. And joining us, Do Young Park. Covers the Twins for MLB.com. Though we talked about it uh, before the news at the top, when you give up 16 walks in two games, that is not a recipe to win ball games. That is uh, that was one of my favorite. I don't know if favorite graphics is the right way to put it, but that was one of the graphics I enjoyed most, and still a draw upon most in my time with this job from the old Metrodome days. The uh, walk full haunt graphic, right? Yeah. With the whole cartoon yeah. ghost and everything. Yeah, that's proven right. true. I mean. Chris Archer putting the Twins behind the eight ball today uh, with the six walks, tying his uh, season high from two starts ago. And it was just one of those things where he mentioned today he just didn't have any of his stuff working. And he tried to grit through it the best he could. But uh, when you're making mistake pitches to guys like Rowdy Tellez, they're going to hit those balls a long way. Yeah, got away from the Twins today and on getaway day. Twins head for San Diego in a three-game series with the Padres on Friday night. Our coverage begins at 8 o'clock. And Doe Young Park joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. And let's start with Archer. Are they going to continue to run him out there based on what we've seen two out of the three last starts? He's walked a ton of guys. Yeah, two out of the three last last three starts, excuse me, has walked a ton of guys, but um, he's a guy that they've had confidence in all year. I mean, I think even before the stretch started, he had like a 312 ERA or something like that for the first couple months of the season. And uh, I know he's been a somewhat polarizing figure among a lot of fans that I see on Twitter, at least, just because he's a guy that the Twins protect. Um, they're not going to let him go more than twice through the order most times. Uh, a lot of times that ends in him exiting the game after four or five innings, and that really does, uh, the effect of that is really accentuated when the bullpen is as thin as it has been. But at the same time, like the mold of what the Twins and what baseball has uh, viewed as a capable starter has changed over the years. Four or five innings 
a lot of times we'll put teams in positions to win, and I think we've all been kind of conditioned over the years to think, well, a starter's got to go six, seven, eight innings. That's just kind of not how a lot of teams around the business operate these days. And the Twins have often gotten a very solid four or five innings. I mean, they might not be very pretty, but Archer's done a great job of limiting the hits in particular this year. He's lost his command at times. He, I think it gets susceptible to nibbling a bit too. But um, more often than not, the results have been there. And at least while the arm holds up, while the hip holds up and everything like that, the Twins have a capable four to five inning guy. And that still has plenty of value on a team. Um, Dylan Bundy took a step back before the break. He was uh, showing signs of progress. And then uh, Tuesday night in Milwaukee, uh, not kind to Dylan Bundy. But uh, he is another guy that they're going to need to lean on. They they hope he returns to form that he had before the break because there there were a few starts in there that were were very credible. Well, they're going to have to lean on him more because the options just kind of aren't there for the Twins right now as much as anything else. I mean, he's uh, not a guy that's going to blow you away with the stuff. Um, With the back-end guys, Archer, at least he's throwing mid-90s right now. He's got that power slider and the power change-up in the high 80s, low 90s, and that sort of thing. Bundy's not going to touch any of that um, with a lot of his offerings, and so that makes his uh, margin for error in a lot of these starts a lot less. He has had success. He has been hit around. Um, but right now, there's no real return timetable on Bailey Ober. Chris Paddock's obviously down with the surgery. Josh Winder's shoulder keeps flaring up. That's been a recurring issue for him since last year. Uh, Devin Smelter down in AAA with the Twins running a four-man rotation. He'd been uh, showing a little. Uh, he's been showing a little vulnerability in his last couple outings as well. There's not that many. There's not that many um, options the Twins have to turn to right now. They've got a core four right now. Uh, who knows how things will change before the trade deadline next Tuesday, but at least for the time being, this is the group the Twins have. And um, the, like you said, the White Sox and Guardians are coming up, but uh, this is the group that they're going to have to count on for the time being. Yeah, and uh, Kent Maeda, uh, we, we do know that any hope that he would pitch in 22 would, would be a bonus. In reality, they're not going to be able to rely on Maeda until next season. No, and it's not going to be as a starter if he's back this year either. I mean, it's kind of going to be a, it's kind of going to be a see what they can get out of him ramp up. He's, I believe he's down in Florida right now, starting a uh, real ramp up down at the Twins minor league complex in Fort Myers. But, um, you know, there's, there's some hope that he can make it back by September. I think physically, um, there's probably a decent chance he'll at least put himself in a position to be in the conversation to pitch. Now, uh, as to whether the Twins are in position to need him to pitch and uh, how his arm responds to the outings and that sort of thing, um, I think that's really going to dictate what the Twins could get out of him. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to be a starting pitcher at any point this year, that's for sure. Today's game really wasn't on the bullpen, but uh, you go back to Tuesday night and it did get away from the bullpen late. And you, you don't need to talk to too many Twins fans and, and realize, you know, when is the bullpen help coming? That there there is a lot of pressure on Derek Falvey and Thad Levine to, to make a move and, and make an improvement there, but sometimes easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, right? Because I think um, there's always this perception of like, well, if you're going to make a trade at the trade deadline, um, if you need help, just go get it. Um, just overpay or whatever or do what you need to do. Uh, they're making the calls that they need to make. They're obviously in dialogues with every team around the league to see what their options are and that sort of thing. 
a couple things are different this year. First of all, expanded playoffs. Um, the buyers and sellers are obviously sorting themselves out, and we have some idea of that. But um, we don't have a full idea of that. Um, and I think, especially with expanded playoffs, there's a lot of different teams that could be like, well, we could take a stab at this. We, Even if we don't fully sell, we might have a shot at this sort of thing. And I think both so things little- out. And oftentimes, and oftentimes those conversations are like, well, we know you have interest. We'll see what other teams are willing to offer, and we'll get back to you. And those things um, – take those things often do take time the other part of it is well there is urgency obviously to um improve this bullpen it's really been joe on duran and griffin jacks holding down the show at the same time if you're rushing that for what i mean you're getting like an extra two or three innings um out of a reliever that you might get in the grand scheme of things and um if it takes a quote-unquote overpay maybe that's parting with a higher caliber prospect or um or, uh, you know, an extra prospect to throw in or something like that. Um, these obviously make a difference in games. Uh, the bullpen has made a difference in games, but I think in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about like a three or four extra innings from a guy, I, don't, I just don't know that they're willing to, you know, accelerate the process and just force something through for the sake of doing it. Doyen Park joining us covers the Twins for MLB.com. Does an outstanding job uh, with the club year-round. Um, Doe, I, I want, want to bring up the, the return of Miguel Sano. And you, you look at the numbers, and in the big picture this season, it's been ugly. He was out for a long time with injury. Uh, tore it up at AAA. But the Twins are in a spot where he's potentially taking at-bats away from other players that maybe have, have proven that they, they deserve those at-bats, but they're still paying Sano, and if there's any value, they've they got to figure out. So they're, they're in that delicate balancing act right now of getting him playing time to see if he can figure it out. Well, I think uh, one aspect that, well, I don't, I don't want to say helps because it's an unfortunate circumstance, is um, kind of the issue with Max Kepler's toe right now, the pinky toe sure. that's broken. The Twins are going to see if he can play through that, but that does open up. Um, a level for more consistent playing time with Alex Kirilov bumping out to the outfield in that case. Uh, I mean, I don't think it doesn't have to do with the amount of money that they're paying Miguel Sano or anything like that. So much of it is just the fact that he has shown the capability of being a game-changing bat that can carry an offense before, and you don't even need to go all too far in the past to see that. I think he's obviously a polarizing figure because of the prolonged cold streaks and the strikeouts and that sort of thing, and I get it. It's not really like an aesthetically pleasing style of player, but at the same time, the value has been there, and he's been a second-half performer throughout his career, and especially in recent years. He was a big part of that 2019 second half. He was very productive in the second half of last year, and it's just not a guy that you can really give up on easily because of a slow start or, you know, the strikeouts or anything like that. I don't think they're coming into this with any sort of expectations for Miguel Sano. They stuck him in the nine hole yesterday. They're just trying to ease him back in just to see what he can give them. Because like you said, you got guys like Jose Miranda and Alex Kirilov that are performing at the big league level that are big parts of this team's future. At the same time, this offense has been inconsistent. And if there is a impact bat somewhere in there in Miguel Sano, and he had been hitting great on his rehab assignment in AAA, uh, it's it's on them to find out, and they're going to try to find out over these coming weeks. 
Yeah, and Sonola, as you brought it up, he could carry the team if he were able to get hot. We've seen it before, as, as you alluded to. You know, with, with a little over two months to go in the season, he gets hot for a week or ten days. That is a huge deal uh, for, for this ball club as, as they try and close out a division crown. Yeah, that's a that's a big, big deal. And obviously, when he gets to those hot streaks is a question. If he gets to those hot streaks yeah. is a question. We've had this conversation with the Twins before. They don't know often when these things are going to come or what helps it click for Miguel. They just kind of kind of ride the lows until they get to the highs. And um, it is true that he is often a slow starter. He was a brutal slump to start this season. Um, it took him a while to get going in 2019 and that sort of thing. That's why they kept him on that rehab assignment for the maximum 20 days. They stretched it out to give him as much of a, of a runway to play as possible. And uh, they're going to have to find out if, uh, if he's going to play into one of those hot streaks soon because they could use it. Yeah, and uh, I, I certainly want to get into more detail on that piece and, and just come get some of your thoughts on, on what you did at MLB.com. Where could the Twins use help at the deadline? We already alluded to the bullpen. Easier said than done because all the contenders want bullpen help. Um, what, what, are, what are your thoughts ultimately? Because there are some big-time starting pitchers available out there, and everyone covets that, especially those starting pitchers that are under control. Could you see the Twins taking a lump of prospects and, and maybe going out and getting one of those guys, one of those frontline guys that might be under control beyond 2022, not a rent-to-player deal? I mean, I think they would sure like to. I mean, I think the focus of this deadline is going to be impact pitching wherever they can get it. We've sure. said over and over and over again, obviously the biggest need is in the bullpen, and I think that's the most immediate need, and I think that's the that's kind of the uh, biggest kind of glaring sign for them to fill, considering, yeah, this bullpen has cost them games over the last month, and in its current state, it probably will continue to cost them games moving forward, and that's something they really got to deal with, especially as they – pressure young guys like Griffin Jacks and Joan Duran to really carry that load. At the same time, I mean, you see with Bundy and with Archer and with the uncertainty around Ober and Winder and obviously Paddock down, they could use another starter to round out a, uh, to round out not just the depth of a playoff rotation, but an impact guy who can help them get distance from uh, the White Sox and Guardians in the division in the starting rotation. Like, Sonny Gray has come out of his little mini slump, hopefully, with that, uh, with that big start at Detroit that he had. Uh, Joe Ryan has been, has been Mr. Cool all year. I mean, he's been the rock of the rotation. They could use another guy in there because you just don't know what you're going to get from Archer. You don't know what you're going to get from Bundy. And you don't know what the health looks like from beyond that. Here's the problem with um, – I mean, the Twins have not hesitated to make deals for controllable starters in the past, right? Like, even with Chris Paddock this year, he's a controllable guy they brought in. Kenta Maeda in the past. Sonny Gray this offseason, another one of those guys. I mean, when they see value in those deals, they make them. I don't. I mean, there's. Uh, yeah. I think there's this kind of perception that the Twins don't make those sorts of deals, but they have in the recent past. Maybe not at the trade deadline necessarily, but they have. Um, but here's the problem, and here, here's a problem that the Twins might run into here. The prospect well is drier, especially at the top end, than I've seen it in this organization sometime. Um, I don't think Royce Lewis is going anywhere. Um, and then behind that, I mean, Austin Martin, his value is a lot lower than it has been. Simeon Woods-Richardson has been hurt for about, a, has been down with uh, illness for about a month. Jordan Balazovic, the club's uh, erstwhile top pitching prospect, has 
been has been pitching through injury and not very good this year. Um, and even behind even behind that, I think you got to get to like Spencer Steer and Matt Walner as kind of your uh, your top prospects that you're trying to package in before you maybe dig into like the Jose Miranda's and the Trevor Larnix of the world as like a true top end kind of bat to sweeten the deal and that sort of thing. And so I think it's going to take um, either creativity um, in terms of a prospect kind of haul that would move the needle on a lot of these things, especially on what's going to be a competitive market with a lot of the big power players also looking for starting pitchers or even like parting ways with a guy like Larnick or Miranda who have been contributors to this big league team. And that's a big um, balance to have to ride, I think, especially since the competition for those top end starters or controllable starters is really going to be um, is really going to be something uh, in the week leading up to the deadline. I think. No, no doubt. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Final thought, and it gets back to your piece at MLB.com. Um, Catching and catching depth. You bring that up. I want to get your thoughts on that a little bit before we let you go. Yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to lean hard on Gary Sanchez right now. Obviously, Ryan Jeffers is the guy they want to lean on. He's the guy that pitchers pitchers love throwing to Jeffers. He's really, really big in their game planning. Uh, he's down until September with that broken thumb. And um, they're going to lean on Sanchez, but they've been staying away from Caleb Hamilton, uh, the backup they just called up to. And I I don't know how much of a market there is for veteran catchers and that sort of thing, but I think if they can, um, they can find something for a reasonable price. I sure, I sure think they would. Um, that's something that would open their eyes, um, especially if uh, they're going to have to really lean on Gary Sanchez at least in the short term. All right. Well, Doe, always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Steve. Really appreciate you. All right, there he is, Doe Young Park, covers the Twins for MLB.com, and you can find his work at the Twins website and at MLB.com, but he does a phenomenal job with the club. 7.22, day off tomorrow for the Twins. They get back at it in San Diego, three with the Padres beginning on Friday night. Our coverage begins straight up, 8 o'clock, here on the home of the Twins, News Talk, E3O-WCCO. Sports to the max. Thanks again to Doe Young Park joining us. Talking twins. They get swept by the Brewers today. Final 10 to 4. Chris Archer, six walks. Total of 10 twins walks. 16 in the series. They get swept. Another day off. They'll be in San Diego. Joe Ryan on the mound uh, Friday night. Twins still leading the division. Chicago got beat in Colorado. Let's see what uh, the Guardians are doing. Uh, They're leading the Red Sox 5 to 2 in the bottom of the fourth. And even though the Red Sox are playing 500 ball at the moment, 49 and 49, they're in the cellar in the American League East, and they're they're, they're flat out saying out there, sell. It's time to it's time to blow it up and start over <laughs> in in Boston, and they're playing 500 ball. Uh, but it definitely has been a disappointing stretch there. Chris Tubbs is our producer. Chris, you, you went to Iowa. Um, by choice, you went yes, to Iowa. I did. Uh, I, I saw a ton of cool photos on social media. It, it looks like some of these people had spent time in the squared circle over the years. Tell me more. I'm intrigued. Yeah, went to the uh, Dan Gable uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame and the uh, uh, Luthas George Tregos uh, Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame Museum for their Hall of Fame induction. And yeah. Just got a chance to be, you know, part of a, a podcast collective and talk with other podcasters. But, of course, just get a chance to meet some of the legends and look at some of the 
memorabilia of the industry, and I just I thought it was really super cool. Yeah, and, and you're doing a podcast that's just going gangbusters. Congrats mm-hmm. on that. But a lot of cool photos. And, yes. and I will, I've known you for a long time. It looked like you were having a hell of a good time. We were. Uh, yeah. I, I've, done, I've gone to fan conventions and WrestleManias yep. and stuff like that. But this was different because it's really honoring more. There, there's more amateur wrestling involved, too. I mean, it, sure. it was you're primarily professional. But it was a lot more laid back, very casual. Everybody was very accessible. It was just a celebration of the industry. And I know it's got a reputation. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't care. I like what I like. I'm a 47-year-old man. I, you know, I, I do what I want to do. And it, it was great, though. <laughs> right. I, I enjoyed it. I met some new friends. And it's, it's just one of those that for a geek like me, to go down and you know see Nick Bockwinkel's visa or you know uh, Luthez's ring jacket, you know things like that. It, it's hard to find authentic pieces of history like that. Well, and, and you know me, I'm a huge Nick Bockwinkel guy, and mm-hmm. when when you sent the photo of you know the Nick Bockwinkel memorabilia, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really cool because I still say. He is one of the all-time greats. I, I don't think Nick Bockwinkle gets enough credit. He was a great bad guy and a great wrestler. And you and I have talked about this off the air a lot. And I, and I know you did a podcast about Nick Bockwinkle. And, and you probably got a ton of ideas down, down in Iowa over the weekend. But I, I just don't think he gets enough credit in... In the history of pro wrestling, no, he he was really Ric Flair before Ric Flair. If you if you look oh. at the way that he presented himself and, and the package with Bobby Heenan, uh, Nick Bockwinkel and Bobby Heenan were absolutely ahead of their time when it came to their presentation and the way that they carried themselves. And, and for yeah, for a wrestling fan like me, thing about the people there, Steve, is, is it was a it was a respect for the industry. So many fans today. You go to the shows and they want to make it about themselves. You know, they like to do their chants and hold their signs, and sure. I, I like to have fun at them too. But this, it was just a, a, it was a different feel, and I really enjoyed it because at any given moment, you could run into people casually in the bar or you know sitting down having breakfast. Or I mean, we ran into John Nord and Baron Von Roschke in the elevator. So it's just, it's the most, it was just fun because it was so casual and it was just a, it was like a three day party and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. Looked like you were having a good time. 731. uh, We're going to come back, do the weather, and then we're going to get into training camp. Viking training camp underway at TCO Performance Center. Matthew Collar all over it from Purple Insider. And and he's good enough to, to join us all day. Uh, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. So, uh, Matthew Collar with, with Training Camp News here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. One longtime NFL reporter talked about the start of training camps all over the league and said, Summer's over. It, it, it's time to, to bear down. Training camp is underway. I, I beg to differ. I, I think Summer's got some life. Uh, but but those who spend a lot of time 
at camp and and, and dig in. Uh, they're putting in long hours, and, and one of the guys doing that stuff, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider, good enough to join us here on News Talk A three O W C C O. Now, now that camp's underway, do you consider summer over, Matthew? Oh yeah, yeah. For me, summer is definitely <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah, because. I mean, you, you said it, you know, this, you go out there for press conferences and practices day after day, and uh, you kind of have to put all the other things aside. But, you know, it's been a long off season too. I mean, you think about the last football game the Vikings played was what, you know, January? So right. it's been a while, and it's, uh, it's good to see football being played. Yeah, and the appetite for content, and, and certainly you've been covering this team for a while, and the, the man behind Purple Insider, th- there is a voracious appetite for Viking content, isn't there, Matthew? Well, yeah, there is. I mean, just for the NFL in general, right? I mean, didn't uh, the Broncos get sold for $3 billion to the people who found Walmart or something? I mean, it's right. just like football's popularity is absolutely out of control. But also, you know, there's just so many storylines develop over the offseason. You know, players go to new places and, you know, you have like big trades like Russell Wilson going to the Broncos and all things going on, coaching changes all over the league and so by the time you get here, you're like let's see these guys play some football even if it's only practices and preseason. I think everybody's kind of Kind of ready to get going, and I think that the Vikings they do dominate. I mean, they're the they're the team that I think uh, kind of runs the sports scene here. So everything is is a big deal, even if even if it just means a backup linebacker practicing today or something. Yeah, and it's it's extraordinary uh, how how it does move the meter because in reality they've been mediocre for a while now. I mean, it, this. You know, as much as Viking fans or, or as much as maybe the machine hypes this team, they they have not been championship caliber for a while. And the the hope is, is that the new regime will, will turn things around and Kirk Cousins will be able to take this team to the playoffs and they'll be able to get on a run. But but in reality, they, they have been mediocre at best, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, not to ruin anybody's, like, summer evening here, but if you think about, like, even just since, uh, just since, like, Brett Favre was here, I mean, how many shots do they have to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender since Brett Favre? And the answer is really one, and that was in 2017. I mean, there was another division win, uh, another playoff appearance in, what, 2012, there's one in 2019, but I don't think anybody thought those teams were really going deep, so it's pretty much just the 2017 team, and, you know, like, what were you doing in 2017? Because I just moved here, basically, in 2016, so it's been a long time uh, since you felt that, and you think about just the era of Kirk Cousins in general, and how kind of much of a slog it's been of setting expectations every year. Every year we hear, well, this is the new thing they're doing that's going to take them over the top and so forth. And it's been, yeah, mediocrity year after year and getting pumped up for things and then being disappointed. So you have a new coach. There's nothing like resetting those expectations like a new coach. Um, and they decided they were going to roll Cousins back out there. So now there's just a lot of pressure on everybody, which creates a lot of really interesting storylines. Like, can Cousins kind of prove that it was Mike Zimmer's fault, which I'm pretty skeptical about. But Kevin O'Connell is bringing a lot of, I think, new ideas to the Vikings, which you know, gives them a chance to be a little different this year. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. Uh, but this is, I think, a fan base that is super hungry for an, an actual contending team because it just has been 
you know, a lot of years where you're talking about just finishing in the middle or, or not being all that good. Yeah, and it, it quickly emerges offseason. There was a lot of thought that, you know, Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer would be shown the door and they would turn the page on Kirk Cousins, when in reality they they said goodbye to Mike Zimmer and they said goodbye to Rick Spielman and and Kirk Cousins is their guy and they felt like the new head coach. So clearly Kevin O'Connell and how he manages Kirk Cousins and how he manages all the personalities on that 53-man roster is going to be storyline number one for sure. How he puts us together and molds his team in his image and, and maybe creates a, a more player-friendly environment. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing for them. Uh, whether that results in actual wins, I'm not sure, because what usually happens in the NFL is if you've got a nice guy coach who loses, like Les Frazier, you fire him and you get a hard-ass coach, and then uh, you know if he wins, then it's his tough mentality that's winning football games. Right. But if he doesn't win, then you got to go get a nice guy again, and like that seems to be what they've done. <laughs> Right. But I don't I don't want to simplify it there because I do think that there are some modern things in football that are being done that may be passed Mike Zimmer by. One of them is just game management, clock management. Like these things are being driven data wise down to the decimal point. And I think Mike Zimmer just kinda punted or kicked field goals or called timeouts whenever it sort of struck him that that was the right thing to do. And I think they lost out on some points because of that. Um, you know, I think that passing versus running, where leaning into the pass is a little more effective, um, you know, and throwing a little more often, uh, you know, things like that. And even the way of teaching players, where instead of like my way or the highway, players are very intelligent in the NFL these days. And I think they're taking a more modern approach to teaching these guys. And then even like the health stuff. So, you know, Mike Zimmer wanted to push super hard in training camp and super hard in mini camp. And I think, you know, we saw this team fall apart down the stretch the last couple of years. Like, was that, you know, a factor, the health of this team, which I think was problematic for them at times. So Kevin O'Connell is trying to to update those things and hope that that's the reason that they outperform uh, their expectations. But, you know, it still always comes back to who's playing quarterback. Like, we've just kind of seen this expensive Kirk Cousins experiment not win. And so I wonder, like, around the margins, does that get you one more win, two more wins? And then there's a lot of factors that go into it along the way, and we're kind of all trying to figure that out as we go along in camp. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline here on News Talk E3OWCCO camp underway. First regular season game still a way out. They open against Green Bay on Sunday, September 11th, 325 U.S. Bank Stadium. You, you brought up Kirk Cousins, and, and once again, you look at this team and you say, okay, there's Kirk Cousins. But there's a lot of skill on the offensive side of the ball. And we'll bring something up that's been brought up for years. Uh, how will the offensive line come together? But then big picture defensively, they, they've got a job to do over there. I mean, that that might be, to me, the biggest question mark. How is this defense going to play in 22? Yeah, no, and you're right. Because when you think about, like... You know, the offense and getting an offensive head coach has got a lot of the attention. And, you know, can you kind of be smarter, play a little better, get the most out of Kirk Cousins and improve to maybe going from 14th in scoring to, like, top 10, right? 
But sure. they were 24th in points allowed last year. That's just not good enough. I mean, if, if you're going to give up that many points, and not all of that is Mike Zimmer's fault either. There's health, there's depth of the roster, there's how much money the quarterback makes, uh, you know, keeping them from signing new players. So they're bringing in a new system, and they've signed some new players, and they've sort of reshuffled the deck here, and they've brought in a couple of rookies that I, they're hoping are going to make the difference. And I think that long-term, the rookies they got could really make the difference. But right away, it's hard to do for someone like Louis Seen, someone like Andrew Booth Jr., the two guys they drafted in the secondary. It takes development in the NFL. Like, unless you're a, a top 10 or top 5 draft pick who can step in right away, a lot of times it does take you know a couple of years before we really see those players come to fruition. But they're trying to accelerate some of that process here uh, by adding some veterans as well, bringing back Patrick Peterson. The thing that I look at, though, is is health number one because that really killed them on defense the last few years. You lost one or two players and you were just in trouble. I think they still are in that spot. But also when you look at the schedule, and we probably talked about this on the air at some point after the schedule came out, I'm sure, but mm. like they're not facing a ton of scary quarterbacks. I mean, they have Josh Allen, so that's that's pretty tough, and they've got Aaron Rodgers twice. But look at some of the rest of them. They've got Tua in Miami, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Jameis Winston. Like, there's a lot of questionable quarterbacks, and I think that gives them an opportunity if they can sort of survive the first week against Aaron Rodgers and maybe win, you know, pull off a win at home against Green Bay. And then you're looking around and going, where are the scary quarterbacks after that? So if they can stay somewhat healthy and rush the passer with Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith, I think there's opportunity there to take advantage of a quarterback schedule that's not that difficult, and we could see a better defense if they can master the scheme quickly. Is Daniel Hunter, to you, the linchpin of this whole thing? Because we know the injury history, and you feel bad for the guy, because when in and healthy, he's a top-five guy defensively in the NFL. Yeah, I, I would say that he's uh, when he's 100% healthy, he's one of the best in the league. And, you know, they're going to ask him to do some different things here, which I'm interested to see. Um, he's lining up on both sides of the defensive line. They're shuffling him around a bit. I think what you really need is the tandem, though, because I don't think one player can uh, really dominate. Like, I mean, he'll be good still, but one player cannot drag an entire pass rush. Uh, I think for years we saw him and Everson Griffin. You couldn't block both of them at the same time with a double team, and somebody was going to you know, get a, a significant rush. They need Zadarius Smith to be healthy. And he's coming off a back injury, you know, back surgery that kept him out the entire regular season last year. But even just seeing him today in person, Zadarius Smith is a big, scary guy. Like He is not somebody that you'd want to be in front of. And and he lines up all over the place, and he's a highly intelligent and like really super talented player. I mean, at his best, he can be phenomenal, and you can have one of the best duos. They're not going to rush the passer very effectively on the interior. I don't think they want to blitz like crazy. I think they want those two guys to really uh, manhandle the offensive line, but you know that all depends, and it all kind of comes back to will they play you know all 17 games or something like that because one layer down – on the pass rush, I mean, there's just not much there in terms of proven rushers. Well, Matthew, always good to visit with you. Appreciate your work at Purple Insider. How do people get that great content? Well, uh, if you're as jacked up for all this as me, you can uh, download the Purple Insider podcast or just uh, go to purpleinsider.com and check it out there. 
All right, very good. Uh, good to visit with you, and thanks. Yep, sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Camp underway, and uh, you know, I, I, I think Viking fans are are in two camps: overly optimistic or overly pessimistic. There, there isn't a lot of middle ground, and I, I think that depends on age. To, to be honest, I, I think the older you are generally, the more, well, the more scarred tissue you have is being a Viking fan. And the, the younger you are, well, um, you'll learn. Quick break. We, we've got more coming up on Sports to the Max here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Twins get swept by the Brewers 10-4. to 16 walks in two games in Milwaukee. So a forgettable stay there. They hit the road. The San Diego, they open a three-game series with the Padres on Friday night, pregame eight. Uh, first pitch just after 8.30, Joe Ryan on the mound for the Twins as they try and get back on the winning track. They haven't played a lot of games. Five days off for the All-Star break. Two over the weekend in Detroit. Swept the Tigers. Another day off Monday. Get swept by the Brewers. And they get a day off tomorrow, so the, the, they'll begin a, a longer stretch. Three in San Diego, three home against Detroit, four home against Toronto. Their next day off after tomorrow on Monday, August 8th. So, so they'll play some more games coming up here quickly. They still lead in the division. Quick check of the scoreboard. Uh, Guardians lead the Red Sox at Fenway, 5-4, bottom of the fifth. White Sox got beat earlier today. Follow up on our Vikings chat. Chris Tubbs, what are reasonable expectations for the Vikings in 22? A return to the playoffs, would that be acceptable? Uh, A win in the playoffs, or Super Bowl, or bust? I mean, where where do you fall in all of this? I don't know. I I, I don't, and, and honestly, I don't know where this team falls. They could go anywhere from... Sixteen and one to to one and sixteen. I don't know about that. Well, I I think if we look at it, I, I don't know. We know what they want to do in terms of the makeup and and you know they talk about changing the culture and all of that. I, I think a lot of us, Steve, they we wanted us, we wanted them to burn it to the ground with the rebuild, right? But I, I saw Quincy Dolphamensa's comments about you know you you can't burn it down without a quarterback. So I, I kind of understand. I'm fully, exp- I, I don't know because it can change from week to week. I, it, it's like they could come out and play great one week and stink the next. They could look like gangbusters, world beaters one week, and then come out and look like they would be relegated to the USFL. So I, I don't know with all of these changes. I, I think they have a lot of talent on offense. I think Kirk Cousins can pile up enough yards. I think they can score enough. I brought it up with Matthew Collar. Defensively, and, and he hit the nail on the head, are they going to stay healthy enough to, to win football games? Because they still don't because, have enough depth in places. That's They still yeah, don't have it. Exactly. Owner didn't want to rebuild. They brought in a crew to kind of change the, the vibe that, that Mike Zimmer was too old school. But, you know, once again, do they have the talent defensively to win week in and week out? And and that, that, that is very debatable. So here we go. Camp underway. 
Uh, they open September 11th against Green Bay at home. we got to run. We'll have the news today and a whole lot more coming up. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 